Hey guys, just wanted to take a, a second of your time to talk about a new bra head company that has appeared on the scene to deliver high quality bra heads at an affordable price. Exact Archery and the Exact Bra Heads deliver high quality, durable, and constant bra heads for a fraction of the price working directly with manufacturers they deliver. Order a three pack of four blade bra heads today for just $20 at www.exactarchery.com. Use the promo code BLADE22 to get free shipping. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Blue River Bowhunting Podcast, episode 63. I'm Brett Morse, your host. Got the, your favorite co-host in here again this week with uh, AKA the neighbor, Adam Bonowitz. <laughs> but uh, I got a pretty cool episode lined up this week uh, with a buddy that I grew up playing football with and stuff in middle school and high school and kind of cool to reconnect after being away from each other for so many years, even though... Back then in middle school and football, we talked about deer hunting back then, but uh, I got Tyler Comstock on here with me this week. What's going on, dude? Hey, Britt. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, that's cool, man. I can remember, I think I told you on Facebook Messenger when we were talking, I can remember a, a bus ride home. I think we played like Franklin or something, and we were driving down 44 on the way back into Shelbyville, and I was looking out the window down the fence lines and stuff. You're like, you looking for deer? Yeah, I'm looking for deer. <laughs> uh, just kind of connected on that level because I think you were back there in the back doing the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how uh, you don't realize throughout the day. I mean, even back then and even now, it's not always apparent who, who is or who isn't into the deer hunting. So to see you doing that, and it kind of popped up because I did the same thing. I Sad to say, I still do it when I drive. I oh, me too. I do Looking out there, and my wife's scaring her to death. But <laughs> you're always peeking out there, and it's funny that she always makes fun of me. I can see a deer way out there, but I ask her for something in the refrigerator, and it's right in front of me, and I can't see it. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy is you know how much football meant to us when we were playing. I bet you couldn't tell me the score of that game, but you remember you t- two talking about looking at deer on the way home. On the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could probably get into detail on some of it, but not, I mean, not a particular game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty fun. And uh, I don't know if I even figured you to be a, a hunter at the time. I know. I, know. Was, I was a pretty was big back athlete then, back then. Little scrawny little kid. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> I think uh, he's been stung by bees since then. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say too much. (laughs) I just found this. This is my problem. (laughs) Yeah, three kids, office job. I mean, it's life, man. Life, absolutely for sure. So, for somebody that doesn't uh, know you, Tyler, introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Shelby County, back Brett's homeland. Um, mm-hmm. grew, born and raised um, I would say really I've been here most of my life uh, aside from my four years at Purdue uh, I'm a civil Good college. engineer <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, I'm a civil engineer after that I lived in Pendleton for a few years worked kind of up in the Marion Muncie area um, unfortunately living in an apartment right out of school didn't do too much hunting um, I did growing up though a lot with my family my dad and my brother but of course during college and uh shortly after when you're you're poor after college uh, (laughs) much but uh um my wife and i decided we want to start a family and of course kids on the way we want to get back home so we moved back to shelbyville and close to family to help without help with the kids and everything and kind of getting back into it and uh yeah so glad we made the made the move back nice that's awesome. Yeah, I knew I knew Adam would say something when you said Purdue. He's a big Purdue fan. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, so so are you is your property that you hunt is a I mean, do you have multiple properties where you are you hunt mostly Shelbyville? So actually we hunt we currently hunt uh the southwest corner of Shelby County. Um, okay. It's it's private land. It's uh, a buddy that my dad used to work with. We've gotten to know their family very well. Um nice. they they farm it. Uh, they have a farm, uh, most ag fields, and actually it only has five acres of woods. Huh. And then probably That's about hunting the state of Indiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but you wouldn't believe some of the monsters you see through there. Um, unfortunately, given that uh, 
where it's located. It's more of a corridor. They don't really live yeah. there that much. But, uh, hey, we, we can't be too picky. We were fortunate enough yeah. to find the family, and they, they enjoy having us out there. And we're, we got the freedom to basically do whatever we want. Food and, and it's tough to find a place that so you really can't complain. It, it is. It is. So we, we don't complain at all. We're blessed. And, I mean, those people are like family to us. And yep. uh, uh, we do things for them since they allow us to hunt. Um, actually, uh-huh. his youngest son built a house. And me, with my engineering background, I did his plot plan, designed his septic and everything for him. Well, that's pretty and cool. I said, I said, hey, just thanks for letting us hunt, man. This is this is my gift yeah. to you because you guys let us do that. So, you know, that that means a lot to them, but they don't understand what it means to you to be able to do that yeah. and have your kids be able to go out there and do what they do. Yep, yep. So we are very blessed. Um, uh, really, uh, we, given our age and with my kids and everything, we haven't been looking too much uh, into other, other places at this time. Um, it, we, we can't complain. We're 15 minutes from my house. So I can pull out of the drive and I'm in park and I'm in the stand within 30 minutes. So nice. I, I can't complain. It takes at Brett all. that long to put a camera up. No. So that's pretty yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's nice about in. that is whenever we want to go out and do something, whether like this past weekend, we just want to go out and weed eat and get food plot ready and things like that, or just, just go out and play around with the yeah. kids. It's, it's nothing to do that. It's not like we're traveling hours. Nice. We're very fortunate. Have you thought about um, hunting public or uh, putting in for draw hunts or anything like that within the state? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. Um, back Going back to high school, the first time I ever hunted public was um, my dad got me out of high school. I think it was either junior or senior year. He pulled me out of class for, I think, a day or two, and me, him, and a buddy – we got drawn for a for sales hunt, and uh, I actually got a, a decent little buck there. Uh, it was fun. wasn't expecting it. It was it was something else. My first public public land hunt, first time experiencing that. It was a little different, but uh, uh, definitely better in school, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, but uh, but since then, actually, I've I've been I have a buddy at work that uh, we've been talking about dreams of trying to do some public land hunting and um, actually him and i we kind of go back and forth and i've been sharing your podcast with him because uh he he actually grew up in indiana he moved out to montana bozeman montana for quite a few years doing construction and he was a uh he was a guide so he has a lot of the guide and the public land kind of feel with it so when he moved back to Indiana, him and I have been talking about maybe trying to go down to Hoosier National. We've done some hiking down there. I forget what it is, the Dean Wilderness or something like that. We've done mm-hmm. some hiking through there with the kids. We've been talking about maybe trying that one year, go down and do some public land hunting. Yeah, we did. We hosted a uh, public land deer camp in Hoosier National last year, which was really cool. We had guys from Texas and Ohio and everything come over and hunt with us and uh, – I didn't realize, I guess, just because I didn't grow up in that part of the state and I really wasn't much of a public land hunter until the last couple of years, but I didn't realize how big the Hoosier National really is. Mm. Yeah, that's that's something that surprised me. I, I've always heard of the Hoosier National, and I mean, here I am an hour and a half from it, being from Shelby County, and uh, he goes, hey man, let's, let's take the kids down. This was, I think, last summer. He said, let's take the kids down, go hiking, things like that, and I'm thinking, of course, oh boy, this is going to be kind of busy, and we were there for three or four hours, and we didn't see a single person yeah. where we were hiking. Because yeah. he, he had some places that we were getting into some draws and some, some ridges, and we found a little creek, shallow creek, for the kids to play in. And, and yeah, we didn't see anybody for hours, and it, it was nice. And That's awesome. We were talking I mean, about maybe trying to find some spots to hunt. I mean, I hunted there for three days, and I didn't see a single person when I was hunting. I mean, I saw... Uh, some sign of maybe some people and one day i may have hunted too close to a walking trail and uh <laughs> seen some people on the hiking trail but uh i was new to it new to the area but uh, man the just the vastness of uh of what you can get into like our our buddy that went with us um 
Waldo that I work with, uh, he killed his buck like almost what was it, almost two miles or three miles from the truck, <laughs> and none of us had a deer cart. Talk about lesson learned. Quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, but <laughs> we got lucky that we had a guy that quartered it up for us. But I was the odd man out and didn't have to carry none of it back. It, it worked out <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, going from private to public. That'd definitely be something that's a little little different because I mean. I'm kind of spoiled on the private. We shoot a deer, we just drag it to the nearest field, drive the truck back drive here, to it, yeah. do yeah. everything that, and then we take it home and process it. Yeah. Whereas public land, I mean, you can be miles in there. Like I tell you, you said, yeah, I mean, that's what they have. Well, the first hill we went down, I said, I'm not dragging this thing out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I tell true. you, there's places there that you can you can get to, and you can hunt, and it would feel like it's your own property. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, uh, it's been, shoot, it's probably changed a lot since then, but it was been 12, 13 years ago that I went down to Missouri and was hunting on state property there. And I had a father son walk up to me and that asked, what am I doing here? And I was like, well, what you, I'm just hunting state property. And he's like, oh, I'm just giving you crap, man. Me and my boy's been hunting this for four or five years. I forget what he said. It was, but it was some years. And he said, we've never ran into anybody. So it's throwing us off. And I was like, holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> So there yeah. is some places out there that you can find on state property that it just if you find the spot it'll feel like it's your own because you won't run into people. Yeah, but not but not not in central Indiana. You don't have to go down there <laughs> yeah. those big sections. Yeah, get back deep in there, away from the roadways where people don't want to venture. And yep. Get less pressure on them deer back there. For sure. Yep. So uh, tell us how you got started in hunting in the in the outdoors. Did you start with whitetails or was it like a small game first type of thing? Yeah, so just growing up, my dad was hunting. Um, we've always lived in the country. I, I say country, but it's a couple miles south of Shelbyville there, right there at the high school. And uh, always been an outdoors come, kind of family. I'm going to have to come visit so I can stop by the casino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, did, did uh, a lot of uh, deer hunting mainly. We did some uh, rabbit hunting early on whenever we could find some locations of my dad's buddies that had some fence rows and things like that. Uh, we had a couple uh, beagles that we tried out. I mean, they weren't really bird dogs, but we just tried them out. Just whatever we could do to get out. And uh, like I said, my dad was mainly into the deer hunting, mostly gun. Um, I don't think early on he really ventured into the bow hunting as much, but uh, all through school hunted with them. My brother, he's a couple years younger than me, and uh, we all went hunting and uh, as a family. And um, unfortunately, as we went to Purdue, uh, kind of <laughs> took uh, took some time off, busy up there studying a lot of work and things I'm like that. I'm just glad Purdue did good for you, man. Oh yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Got that engineering degree, working, and uh, come back home and got back into hunting. So, so someone getting just getting back into hunting, yeah. what what are you, what's some goals that you set for yourself this year, this season? Yeah, so um, one thing is I, I, I look at myself similar to my dad, and I want to keep my kids and everything involved. And it, it might not be to shoot the biggest ones or, mm-hmm. or a lot, but uh, to get them out there. That's my biggest thing is get them out yeah. there, have them involved, have them have fun. Um, it's fun taking them out in the woods and things. And they say, oh, we're hunting, even though we're out there just messing around. <laughs> right. Keeping them involved, keeping them active and wanting to go out there. I don't want to push them out there and push them away. But that's, yeah. what that's my that's my main goal. And, and really us as a family um, – Yes, it'd be awesome to have what you guys have back here on your walls versus... He makes he makes fun of my here. wall. You should see his. This <laughs> <laughs> is uh, cute little I'm, fellas. Yeah, we're, we're mainly just, I mean, meat, meat hunters. Awesome, man. So that, that's uh, that's good stuff, man. We've never had somebody on this podcast that's just a meat hunter. Yeah, so this, I, this opens the door. It's, uh, for us, uh, we look at it as basically an alternative to beef. I mean, yeah. look at the beef prices and everything. And for sure. What we do is we, we mainly hunt for meat, but, you know, if one of the big ones come in, yeah, we'll shoot them. We have no problem doing that. Now, I myself, I'm a little more picky, especially after seeing some of the stuff that's on the trail cams. It, yeah. 
truck hymns are a blessing and it's a curse because oh, you see yeah. those and you're thinking, oh, they're going to be out there, but they're not always out I there. I really contemplated on not putting trail cameras out this year just so I can sit in the woods and be excited and not know what's in there. Because last year I didn't, ha- I didn't have a shooter. It worked for me last year. I didn't have a shooter on camera last year, so it was even hard to get motivated to go. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I don't put them out there and don't know what's out there, it makes me think there could be a big one at any time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I love the trail cams for multiple fun. reasons. I, I like to see the big ones, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have my little YouTube page, and it's really just for sharing with family. That's the only reason I have it. I don't do really self-film or yeah. anything. Not like you guys. I mean, you guys do a really good job, and mine's mainly just for Appreciate sharing that. memories and saving memories. But uh, um, I, I love watching the little ones come up to my mock scrapes and my vines and everything oh, yeah. just as much. Watching them dance around that little mock yep. scrape. Yeah. I like that just as much as seeing the big one come in. And I'll tell you what, that's fun to video those because those are the dumb ones. You can get away with a lot when they're doing all that <laughs> stuff. So it yep. makes it, yeah, you can definitely get away with some noise and movement and stuff. Yep. I actually had, uh, I think it was last year, um, I had my middle boy with me. We had a doe come up and she she hit our ground scent and followed it like a like a bloodhound straight to our stand. Looked up at us, and I told I was told him don't move, don't move. You know we wouldn't all shoot a doe that day, and then she just stared and stared and stared, and finally he just burst out laughing. He goes, "That is one dumb deer," and it ran about twenty yards. <laughs> yeah. Then stood there and looked at us the whole entire time, and he's laughing loud as could be, and she's still like, "What the hell's happening?" <laughs> just looking at us, and I was like, "Man." And, and most people, that. sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, you go ahead. Most people listening would think what well, he just said. We're not going to shoot a doe today. It's not because we're out there trophy hunting. Yeah, it's because of the particular property that he's talking about was hit huge. This whole area where we live was hit huge with EHD. So the population went with. He may see ten does a day to now. He may be lucky to see two. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I mean, even my trail cams are telling me there ain't that many there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's I tough. Worry, I worry about that. I. I I have a cousin that hunts down in, I believe he's down in Franklin County. Yeah. And uh, he's got some land down there, and he's got some big boys and things like that. And he came back and said, man, they've been kind of wiped out through there. And I hate to sit hear that, and I just pray that it kind of stays away. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time, unfortunately, but hopefully things are. And I think I talked about it last episode or the episode before, but Franklin County and Fayette County mm-hmm. are also – zero bonusless bonusless now so you can't shoot a doe right is that how that plays out yeah you cannot shoot a doe in those counties there's zero doe counties you can still take a buck but it's well, i think there's properties within that county like when they do the whitewater uh state park hunt they they may because it said on the, the the email that i was reading that some they were predicting so many does to be taken from that county but i think it's just particular state park hunts or something it had to be because you can't just go in franklin county or fayette county and shoot a doe no you can't I get just, any of those counties and shoot a doe yeah i don't know what it, what it was talking about then I, yeah it's already been on the on the website so say you get drawn for whitewater state park hunt you can't shoot a doe i'd say absolutely not i'm with you i mean as as much as it's suffered their turkey population ain't suffered has it (laughs) (laughs) no well it did during season (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) i just being being a meat eater man that uh I, i pray that doesn't come my way because i mean really for us for the freezer the does, man. Those are where it's at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does rather than some of those big boys. I mean, the big boys look great and everything. That's awesome to have all those poundage, but those yeah. does are awfully good. So. I, I'll tell you something, though, a life lesson was I used to be the same way. It wasn't nothing for me to kill three or four does on my property for years. Then it took a little bit of time, about five years of doing that. I'm like, man, I used to see all kinds of deer. Well, I wonder why I didn't. I mean, you kill yep. one doe, you're kill, you're killing two the next year, you know. So I, I definitely put a hurting on it. So, I mean, if, if your place is loaded, yeah, you I, I just you can take a few, but I'd just be gentle on how many you take out of there because it will, especially with the kids growing up, you want to have a hunt every time where you, the kids can see deer, you know. Yep. Uh, so the private the state property, that's where you just put the hammer down. Anything that <laughs> <it> moves. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're. Uh, we're, we're pretty choosy of what comes through and what we shoot or not shoot because I always tell people, and it's always funny, especially going back to a story I shared with you guys about my brother-in-law when he shot his first deer. Yeah. Like, you know, when you shoot it, that's when the work starts. Oh, so yeah. um, get the deer <laughs> on the ground, and then there's a lot of work that goes into it. It makes you appreciate everything that, that you put into it and, and the animal itself. So 
Right. When you when you talk to other people about deer hunting, uh, has anybody ever given you any kind of flack or anything when it comes to just being kind of the meat hunter type of situation? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I think, I mean, really, like kind of going back to the very beginning, we, we have private property. It's only five acres of woods. We're not, we can't be too picky and choosy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, they're not living there, unfortunately, the big boys. They're coming through. We have quite a few that come through and bed down around us. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit. It's a matter of luck. But uh, no, I'd say for the most part, uh, everybody's pretty open to it. And I think a lot of the people that I know, like my buddy from work and things like that, they're they're just as much into the eating it as it is the the sport itself as well. Oh, absolutely. I did didn't know if you know. Sometimes you get that guy. Like I interact with people at work sometimes when it comes to hunting and. You know, I tell them, you know, we got a YouTube and a podcast. Oh, you're trying to make money. No, that's not <laughs> no. what we're trying to do. We're just being ourselves, but we just happen to be filming it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, So kind of discussing the filming part, I, I, I have a camcorder that's with me. I have some tactic cams that I put on my, my gun or my bow and things like that. And and really, it's, it's awesome to have it on there to share. Um, I know I'm not getting big boys, but hey, you know what? If, if it happens to be a boy, it's awesome. If it's a doe, it's awesome. If it's a little six point, it's awesome. Yep. Um, it's it's all about the memories for me. I'm trying to record Absolutely. the memories. That was and, the next and, word to come out of his mouth. And, and that's what I was getting at is uh, our first buck kill on camera was this year, or last season actually now. Um, and it was cool to, you know, you can show a picture of a deer that you killed and showed somebody. They're like, oh, that's awesome. But when you can show them a video of it, man, it's the, they really watch it. They get into it. They think it's cool as could be. So it, it tells the story way better than we can tell it because it goes so fast and we don't really remember what happens. Yeah, and it and it's funny because my wife always makes fun of me. I watch the same movies over and over. She'd get along with my wife. How the hell do you do that? And <laughs> you're, you're going to laugh at me, but one of my favorites is Dumb and Dumber. Nice. And, oh, and game on. Very similar to watching my, my, my films of my hunts and things like that is every time I watch it, they notice something different about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that buck did this that I didn't notice before, or things like that. Because when you're in the moment and you're super focused, you're hyper focused, you kind of see different things and you don't realize sometimes yeah. the bigger picture. And watching it a few different times, you you notice different things. Yeah. And you get to relive those memories. Now, I will say one thing that I worry, given that I kind of I tried to do it all myself. Now it's it's nice if I have my dad there; he'll help me out, or my brother-in-law, or hopefully in the future my sons. But one thing about the self-filming that I think kind of takes away from it is I, I try to I want to be present in the moment. I always tell my kids, like we were saying about the kids, being on the iPads or something at dinner, or phones or whatever, watching mm-hmm. TV. I always always tell them, and I say, try to be where your feet are. Like be present, guys. And sometimes when I'm doing my self-hunt, I'm so worried about some of that gear and everything that it's kind of like, hey, take a moment and just enjoy the moment. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys watch any sports right now, but here lately there's there's these pictures going out of, of these famous athletes, and there's big-time moments, and everybody has their self Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. Then I think it was Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, the founder of Nike. He's just sitting there like yep. this. It was when LeBron broke the scoring record, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think there was one that happened just this past week with the soccer. I think it was. Oh, uh, Messi. Uh, yeah, Messi. I think there yeah. was one about him. And just sitting back there. Don't have that phone out. Just being in the moment. So I love both sides of it. It's recording yeah. the memories, but then at the same time, it's it's a little tough. And it, it yeah. is a challenge. It adds a whole other challenge to hunting itself. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think people don't understand that. I think I've said it on here probably a million times. People don't understand that how much harder that is to definitely self-film, but just getting it on film and being flawless or getting in it without really making it look crappy, That's yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a huge challenge. And getting away with two fat guys in the street, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very tough. I mean, I, you guys, I, I think I've seen your setup in a couple different videos, but... Um, you guys That's one thing nice we cameras. need to do. 
What's that? That's one thing we need to do we is do take some videos do. of our setups and stuff and show some people what we, how we set mm-hmm. stuff up. I think I've seen some of your cameras and things, and I mean, like, man, you guys got some big stuff, and here I have this little Sony Handy camera. And that's what I started with. Though. Actually, yeah, he started that's with when he I bought his big with. camera. I took the little one with him, and I, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I could have videoed some crazy stuff, but I videoed my boys passing up. My oldest boy, I think he was 12 or 13 at the time, but he, I, watched, I videoed him passing four bucks up. On one hunt, and I'm like, I kind of tried talking him into shooting every one of them because I'm like, I got a little camera. He wouldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> so, but it's it's fun, and like like we were saying, it, it adds a challenge in, in the hunting. It makes it fun. Oh, absolutely, well, for sure. So, what's uh, I, I I haven't asked this question in a while, actually. And he brought it to my attention mm-hmm. before we hit record. But what's a family tradition uh, that you guys do every year during deer season? Um. I'm trying to think of one. I would say one that we have, which I, I think it might be pretty common, is um, we're pretty fortunate in that my dad was really skilled, and he, he took the back half of his barn. He turned it basically into a shop slash processing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I, need, I need to share the video of it. but he it ain't too far big... from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he put a big winch up in the top and put a, a hook he mounted into the ground that helps us kind of pull the skin and everything off. But we process everything ourselves right there in the in the back of the barn there. That's and, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, I, I it's we're very fortunate. Helps that's an out. art that's kind of went away. Yeah, it's it adds a lot of work, but it, it's very worth it. But, uh, but the tradition we have that it's just kind of me, my dad, my brother, is we always weigh the deer, of course, and then we have a little record book we have. And, that's, I mean, that's cool. It is a little i think it started out as like a little notepad and we always named the deer so oh yeah <laughs> yeah i know this sounds dumb but no it's not, i'm, no, in, I, like, I I'm into it like deer. this is cool <laughs> well so some of the deer i mean we just come up with different things so for for instance last year um <laughs> this is silly um, kathy went down <laughs> I, I killed my buck the day that gallagher died Nice. Median Gallagher. So I yeah. think the Gallagher book. Nice. <laughs> uh, awesome. A few years before that, uh, Veterans Day book, which Veterans Day, a lot of them happen on that one. Yeah. Yep. To share a quick little story with you, and I'll, I'll tell you about the name of it, but I, sh- I shot this one doe one time, and it was a through and through, right through both of her front shoulders. And I give it to these deer and these animals, man. They can oh, go yeah. through a lot. And this, this doe, she... Um, she was about 100, 125 yards away, but she was scooting, and we, we, we thought she was done. My dad and I were sitting there watching, and no joke, she hopped on her hind legs and started hopping. What the and crap? So, so I, I don't mean to be gruesome or anything or take away from the animal, but so we named that one the kangaroo dope. <laughs> that was literally what she looked like. She was hopping like a kangaroo. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, as soon as we saw that, we, we first, for the first, like, two seconds, we freaked out, and then we put another slug in her, and then it was done. So, uh, but that that was just the weirdest thing we've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah. So it's just those little things that trigger those memories. Yeah. Um, what's the heaviest doe you guys have ever killed? What? Sorry, what's that? What's the heaviest doe you guys have killed? My, my brother had one. I think he called it like Mama Doe or, or something <laughs> like that. I want to say it was two ten. Holy was, smokes! I think it was huge. It was huge. I think. Wow. Um, she was huge. Huh. Um, but yeah, he he killed her and uh, um, she. That's the biggest doe we've had. And the biggest. I oh yeah. Buck is. But, yeah. And I, I got a, I got a buck right now. I call Fifty Cent uh, because <laughs> I got a spy point and it's got like a. A can or a battery pack that you pull out and you put all the double A's in there. Well, for some reason, like the contacts on the thing don't work, so he stuck a quarter in the bottom of it and it still didn't work. So I put another quarter in the bottom of it and it works. So now I call I've been calling that ten pointer. I got fifty cent. That was like the first deer you got on that camera. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's, yeah. it's that kind of stuff that the, the memories that you make. It's it's not always the hunt. It's not always no. the kill, things like that. Yep. It's, it's the little stupid shit that you remember. That oh yeah, for sure. Did. Yep. So I've asked, actually, this, this I would say before the season's coming, I've been having a lot of people from Indiana on, uh, and I've always been asking all of them, what's your thought process or your thoughts on um, the increase in our tag prices here in Indiana? Well, 
I don't want to get political. (laughs) (laughs) I look at it as if the money is going to wildlife and things like that, I'm perfectly fine. I agree with you. To a a point. To a point. Um, Again, I don't want to try to get political, but I think back when they they were talking about that gas tax they raised. You know, Mm. I think if, if it goes to roads and infrastructure, people don't mind that. But it's when people start dipping their hands into the funds that are meant for yeah. things that we care about, the people spending it, that's where I think it starts to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've noticed, too, in the last couple of years, they've brought on more DNR than I think they've ever had, man. Some of it used to be, I remember days when it was one per, like, four counties. Yeah. And it yeah. was tough. So we're getting more and more of them out there. And Lord knows we need them. Yeah. Um, it, it does stink. I mean, I hope. That the price. What is the price now? Like ninety one dollars for the bundle. So for the bundle, I think with taxes, I paid like ninety four or something. Yeah, it's ninety one to three dollars if you buy it online, so they process it for you. Yeah, um, I, I look at it as that's my that's kind of my yearly donation in a way. Yeah, um, right. I know some people. I, I think my brother. I think his father in law. He actually he's an outdoorsman. He loves to like bird hunt things like that, but. He's fortunate enough that he actually goes through and pot bay, pays for all the stamps, every license, everything. And that's his way of donating. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's a cool way of doing that. And so I kind of look at my license fee as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah. Um, it does stink. I hope that's not stopping people from going out and hunting. That's my biggest fear is hopefully it doesn't stop that kid or that family from going out and trying the hunting. Right. One one of my concerns that I, that I hope that they they're looking into now and not twenty years from down the road is all this state property. How I mean, uh, you watching fields uh, just I mean fence rows after fence rows getting yanked out. Yeah. I mean woods are getting flattened for fields. I mean yeah. farmers, hey, can go get your money. I understand. Right. But but it, I think that they need to look into buying more state property in the state of Indiana um, yeah. because it's getting scary of how much woods are getting wiped out around here. To be honest, yeah. I mean, look at all the new housing additions going up everywhere. That's the worst part. Yeah, and they're taking yeah. out everything to do it. So, I mean, heck, I remember being down in Pendleton. And Pendleton used to have some of the best places to hunt. I've seen some giants driving down through there. Hell, now it's hard to find a woods down there. Yeah, I, I will say the the line of work I'm in, I'm a, I'm a civil engineer. I do civil site design, which you were talking about housing additions. We mm-hmm. do a lot of housing additions and yeah. industrial warehouse buildings and it, it is tough sometimes to sit there and go through plans and I'm, I'm doing the demo plan of acres and acres of woods. And it just, it, it does my outdoorsman heart just kind of. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, that place is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the best ones um, actually. So one of the projects we worked on here in the last few years was right off of Whiteland where Amazon and everything is right. Yeah. Off of 65. Yep. And yeah. There was an orchard and things like that in there. And, the guy from uh, the construction company, he was a, he was an outdoorsman too. He deer hunted and everything. And, um, he told me, he goes, man, you wouldn't believe the deer that's in that orchard. And I kept begging him. I said, Hey, let me in there before you guys clear it. <laughs> <laughs> Hunting him and I. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I got a buddy that actually, uh, has a trail cam. I'm not mentioning names cause I don't know if he's allowed to, <laughs> but, but he he has a trail cam up on his on his job site right now, and he's got two shooters on it, and it, they're clearing it out for put uh, uh, apartments in it. Yeah. And he's got, he's like, I mean, it's next to his truck at night, like where he parks these deer walking because they've taken out everything around there. They don't have much places to go. Yeah, it's it's sad to see it, and it's funny that I mean the deer adapt. Um, they find those little little places. I'm uh, my office is actually right off of four sixty five, just north of north of 465 off of like keystone at the north side and uh, i'm sorry yeah <laughs> i get to work at 6 a.m so i can miss all that traffic. yeah even come home early and uh nice we're right there on a river and some of the biggest bucks again that my buddy from work he goes walking in there every now and then and he took a picture of it sent it to me he said tyler this is one of the biggest bucks i've ever seen it's right there off the river mm-hmm. right outside of our uh of our office building and it's funny i i took one of my trail cams and put it out there just thinking oh again i like to just watch it and, yeah uh, we kind of got a, a little bit of a nasty note put on it about oh, removing wow. my camera I, mean, I i think maybe they thought it was somebody outside or maybe someone trying to hunt it when really it was just him and i just trying to see what's out there but see that buck and everything because like i said i like looking at them and watching them just as much as i like hunting 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, Eli Lilly's has uh, like a park there on the the south side of Raymond, right across from where I'm working at a lot. And uh, you see them; they're, they almost walk up to you on the like frisbee golf course or whatever. And there was one in there last year. I bet he was a 150, and he just stood there and opened it every morning. I watched that deer. Yeah. I'm like, just let me in there for 20 minutes. Yeah. And you know what? He knows you can't get him. So oh yeah, there. for sure. Hey Brett, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I swear yeah. they know. <laughs> oh, they do. It, it's crazy. Yep. That's like uh, the Seek One guys. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them, but Seek One's a big YouTuber. They, they started out in Georgia, I think it is. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And, and and they killed Giants. But, like, it's one of them, like, he's got a ground blind that's touching the fence of the house. I mean, it's 10 feet from the house, and they're shooting them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, like 200-inch deer. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, there's some pretty nice urban zones. Um, mm-hmm up and around Indy, I hear some big deer off of, like, Allisonville up near Conner Prairie and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I've seen them. It's, it's, it's crazy. My, my wife actually found a shed down oh, there. Yeah. I, I just thought of that. that. Yeah. Over Geist. by the Geist. Yeah, right there by the Geist Reservoir. She's seen a shed from driving down the road. And it, and, and it's, I don't know what it's score, but it may be 150, maybe. Maybe more. But, yeah, she's seen it driving down the road. I'm like, I hike hours. <laughs> right. it, it almost makes you sick. Cause there oh, yeah. Areas that, like, you just can't do anything about it. But, yep. Um, man, it's, it's, it's cool to see that they're still thriving. Yeah. Even sure. with all this development and everything going, they're still making it and letting yeah. it adapt and finding those areas. And I think people care more than what it kind of seems. Well, I did see uh, – so I do the – they survey every year that they send when you buy your license. I did that. I did see that they brought back on there a li- if uh, something about a lifetime license. I bring it oh, back. That's awesome. That it was I, back on there. I'm glad you actually said that because my dad, luckily, luckily enough, he he was able to purchase it. Uh, I mean, really. the last chance was, and wow. he just talks about man. I wish I would have gotten your boys. Yeah, and bought it for you guys. Yep. He might have been maybe even ten if that at the time. He just he just wishes because he knows how much it would have paid off. So oh. I definitely think that'd be something that could be a pretty good investment. For I think at the time, I mean, last I remember there was five or six hundred dollars. Well, that last so, time they were like eight eighteen hundred, I think. The last, the last time, time they, they were out, but I remember when they were six hundred eight hundred dollars. So that that is basically eight deer seasons now. Yeah, yeah, and if I remember right, because I I think I took the same survey as you. I think they even kind of. Wanted to test the waters a little bit. I think they were kind of saying, would you pay this much? Yeah, they definitely did. Yep, it They're was on there. There's the limit. So, yep. so. And they also kind of tested, you know, obviously we're getting a lot of attention. Like you've mentioned to me before, after the Huff Buck and everything, yeah. um, you know, opening up a, a velvet, a weekend. or yeah, they you did. Know, I know they have the Urban Zone opens like September 15th or whatever. Uh, but like, kind of like a Tennessee situation where you have like two or three days uh, or a long weekend for for velvet deer. They kind of touched on it, but they never did anything about it. No, think. but I'm betting it's still in the worst because we're surrounded by every state that does do it. Yeah. Kentucky does it, Missouri does it, Ohio comes in the last week of September. So like, it, they all open in September. So Indiana is like the only state that really hasn't. I tell you what, though, my personal opinion, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen either. I mean, if I didn't hunt out of state. Yeah, I want it to happen, but I love go. I love going to like Kentucky. Um, this year, we plan on going to Kentucky and Missouri in September, almost back to back. So I'm not missing anything here. So like that's why I like about ours not being in September. Yeah, yeah. But if I didn't have state, if we wouldn't go to state, hell yeah, I'd want it here. I want to try killing one of velvet. <laughs> yeah. Right, that would be pretty cool. But those yeah, deer are so easy to pattern uh, in an early season like that. I feel like our mm-hmm. our numbers would drop off a little bit, maybe. Uh, as far as I mean, our, our Boone and Crockett or Pope think, and Young, all that stuff would probably go up. Oh yeah, our numbers on, on some big ones would be going up for sure. And I, I think did I hear a gentleman on either your last podcast or the podcast before state that maybe Indiana was the number one? Left? So he sent me the the link to it, and I end up reading it. Wisconsin was still number one, but Indiana was a close second, which really surprised me. For Booners, for yeah, I believe it was Boone and Crockett. I think that's oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. People are starting to figure out Indiana. It's <laughs> that was right between everything. And uh, like you mentioned, the Huff Buck is bringing a lot of publicity and things mm-hmm. like that. I think 
I've heard rumors around Shelby County that there's been land where people are coming in from out of state and just handing basically a blank check and like, hey, we'll rent this. Yep. yep. So they're they're coming in, and I, I hope that doesn't take away from residents. But uh, I I mean at the same time I couldn't turn down money if you're in that situation. So. so I'll, I'll yeah. ask you kind of a topic. I don't think I've really even asked anybody before, um, but. Would you consider, say, that property that you had um, from your family friend, say someone passed away and they sold it or whatever or something happened, would you consider leasing a place for you and your family? Or would it be just like, hey, I'm hitting boots to the ground, going to go knock on the door until I find another place to hunt? Um, I I think it would be a consideration. Uh, I I think there's so many factors that come into play, like, Right now, my kids are so young, so it might not right. be worth it. Yeah. But in the future, to get them out there and secure, secure a place, yeah, it would be worth it. Um, I, I think a good idea is going in with groups. Um, I see groups of family that go in together and either purchase land or do yep. land leases and things like that. I think that's pretty neat because, one, you're, you're securing that land, and, two, you keep that group of guys together. That's one thing I love about a lot of the hunting shows – watching you guys, um, uh, just watching it, watching the deer camp stuff. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's just as fun as the hunting. So oh, for sure uh, it, to be able to secure that, that, that would be worth it in my opinion. It, price and everything would have to, of course, be. I, I tell you, my opinion is I'd have to be, I'd have to really like the people I'm leasing off of. Yeah, uh, I'd want them lot, to become like family too because if it's people just for money, man, it just every year it'll be a, a, a financial battle the next year, especially if you fall in love with it. Somebody else comes in and offers more. But if you build a relationship with that person that's leasing the land to you, man, they'll love you. They'll want to keep you there. If you take care of the place, you do everything they ask, they'll want to keep a good crew there. Yeah, I think it does take a lot of trust. And uh, like you said, it's not. It, it, it takes a relationship to maintain that, not just a business relationship. Yep. Like you said, there's always going to be someone that comes in and swoops in with more money. Yep. Well, like I know in like the base camp leasing, I believe, not to throw them Close. under the bus by any means, um, but I believe after your first year, each year after that, your price goes up 2.5%, I believe is the number. I could be a little off on that number, which is not a whole lot. I mean, depending <laughs> on how on much you this true too. And it's it, unfortunately it's one of those things. It's just it's how much is it worth to you? Unfortunately, kind of here we were talking about ninety dollars for a license. <laughs> then you, <laughs> you know, go up to six or seven grand for a hundred acres. Yeah, it, and it, it, all around it's it's just like going to the grocery store. Everything there's expensive. So was so was hunting now. I mean, if oh, you yeah. kill a big one to get them mounted, man, it's way expensive compared to how it used to be, because the the mounts itself cost way more so they have to charge more i seen a map that showed the average shoulder mount in the united states for each state and indiana was 875 wow i was like oh i I hope the people that do my taxidermy ain't watching this and raises his (laughs) i i uh i actually lucked out on that one and this is kind of goes back to my family and everything like that is my my great uncle my mom's uncle he lives uh southeast shelby county and uh, he's actually a taxidermist. And nice. One of the, I guess you can kind of say back to the family. He's got a skinny shab. Hey, what's what's the shop name or what's his name? It, it, it's just he does it out of his barn. He's an old. <laughs> I got you. I uh, say he. That's he, where I get mine done at. What's that? That's where I take mine. Is over there. What's that guy's name? Mike Buck is Mike his name. Buck, yeah. uh, no, this is this. His name is Raymond. Okay. okay, it's not the same Different guy. guy He's around the, the Waldron area. But damn, you got a skin and shabby, you got a taxidermy. Yeah, so <laughs> Tyler, me and you're about to become good friends. <laughs> he, he's older now, and uh, actually my book that I shared the picture with Brett for for the kind of the cover photo is yep. I wanted to have him do one. Uh, yeah. I haven't been lucky enough to have one worthy enough of getting it done, and he's getting up there in age. He might be in his, shoot, he might be in his 70s. I think he's pretty sure in his 70s now, so he's getting close to done. So I wanted to definitely get him to do one. And one of the, like we were saying, the family traditions is near the end of the season, going there and just seeing everything. Oh, yeah. It's awesome seeing all the different bucks and everything. Yeah. And some of it's just the weird stuff he has. I mean, he has some things in there that uh, 
he's I mean he's had DNR in there a lot actually. Oh, yeah, they're they're frequent visitors in those places for sure. Yeah, and uh, he's done some wild things. I think I think he said he he's done a I think a moose or an elk, which, and in Indiana you don't really see that. But right. Again, what's neat is my cousin on that side has kind of picked up that, and he's starting to get into the taxidermy, taxidermy now too. So it's kind of neat to see the family as a whole staying within the hunting community. After I. Uh, moved from Shelbyville to Nicetown where I'm at now. Um, I took a, uh, natural resources management class my senior year of high school. Um, and that was actually part of the class that I took was taxidermy. So we went to a local shop. It was iron rack. I think at the time, Aaron McCorkle, uh, and we got to do a lot of that stuff. I mounted a, a, a coon that I had shot from trapping, um, a guy's barn. Uh, I helped him do a, 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 a cow elk, um, and it's a funny story. I don't think I've ever told this on there before, yeah. but uh, he had like this uh, barn in the back. Um, he said, "Go through these double doors. There's three or four deep freezers. Go to the one in the middle. Uh, there's a couple large mouths in there that I, I want to pull out." He did his fish a little bit different than everybody else, and I'm trying to find this light, and I'm looking and looking, and finally the light flips on behind me, and I hear the weirdest noise I've ever heard in my life. And I look over in the corner, and there is a female lion. Looking, dra- I mean, just piercing with her eyes looking at me. I'm like f- about to urinate in myself, you know what I mean? Put my hands up and this, this female lion comes and puts her, I mean, her paws. Were it was a real one. Around. I'm talking a huge African lion. And he's over there laughing at me. He flipped the light on and he had a, a, a pet female lion and it scared the holy shit out of me. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of cool getting to do the taxidermy stuff. Uh, I definitely... That's uh, some tough work for sure, and there's definitely an artwork behind it, which oh, yeah. I would I would I would pay eight seventy five, but I would pay enough for it to, to look good because it's going to be on your wall for. If it's big enough, I may pay a little more. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. these two back here, they, those were five fifty, and I would pay five fifty all day long. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they're cheaper, I might go investigate it, but. <laughs> I, I got a little bit of the family discount. Uh, my, my brother, my brother actually, he uh, he originally started going to Purdue right out of high school for wildlife biology, and he was really into that stuff. And he actually helped mount his own deer that he did one year. So that was, that was pretty neat to be that's a, cool. To yeah, be a part of that and to, to have that. I mean, because you're gonna have that forever. So. Oh, for sure. So one one thing I noticed, Tyler is. All these deer, you guys all have memories with them. I mean, it's from naming them in the skinning shack. I mean, to being on the wall, you guys have a family member that's doing the mounts on them. Your brother did his own mounts. So, like, there's a lot tied to a lot of the deer you have. There's some stories and history behind them. So, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, uh, yeah, I played sports during high school and things like that. But uh, the, the family memories of in the woods and things like that. And, fortunately, my parents were... We were camping and things like that, fishing, growing up. So yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And that's why I try to raise my boys, kind of doing the same thing. As well. Nice. For sure. So I'll get to try to go in depth on a couple of these questions I got for you. But as far as uh, scouting your property, obviously you're running trail cams and that sort of thing. Um, but how exactly are you scouting these places out to places that you're going to put a stand or a blind or something like that? Yeah, a lot of it is just being there and seeing what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we go in there. We try not to disturb it during the season. Um, we use the Tacticam just so we so we can set them in there, get the cellular pictures straight to me so that I can uh, not have to get in there. Because a lot of times I'm putting those cameras right on the trail, kind of those places, and they're sitting there for months and months so that they get used to it. And mm-hmm. uh, so I want to try to stay out there. But then at the same time, I like walking through some of those lanes and seeing all the rubs and scrapes. And oh, yeah. Those travel you know how hard it is to not get down on a stand early just to go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually, a lot of it is just you have to put the time in, be out there, and watch them. You start picking up patterns. Oh, they, they kind of use this ridge or they, they follow this little creek to this place across here. And sometimes it's not even where you imagine they'd be. Yeah. <laughs> no. So you, you've hunted your place for years, the same farm, right? Yep. I, I've done the same as well where I have uh, grew up hunting. I still hunt it. Um, 
how often do you move your stands? Because you know where that you've hunted them same places for years. Do you move them very often? So we used to. Now I will caveat it, and I'm going to sound like a spoiled little little kid, but <laughs> um, <laughs> we now uh, we now I mainly hunt out of my shadow hunter blind. Uh, as I times are tough. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, we were fortunate enough to get it for a really good price from a family friend. And like I said, I wanted something for the future for my kids when they're little perfect be in there with me and things like that. But before that, before all of that, we did mainly ladder stands and we would move them almost every year. Really? Okay. We'd set them, Hey, get it up in this tree within this open area. And, uh, honestly, I don't know if we ever had them in the same spot. Wow. We would move them around that. You much. would adjust them, yeah. Yeah. Holy and, smokes! I just bought more and then left them. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we were lucky enough. I think we had deer out of every single one of them every time we moved them. So that's good. Um, again, when we only have five acres of woods, so there's only so many places we can go. Yeah. Um, it's just my dad and I. I'm in the shadow hunter blind on the edge field on the edge of a big field. And then my dad, um, I had some connections through the engineering world that we took a big 60-inch culvert pipe, turned it up on end, and made a hunting blind out of it. I was going to say, you're, you're sticking your dad out in the open, and you get the hut? What the hell's <laughs> going on here? But no, you're taking care of him. All right. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> yeah he has a heck of a blind, and he loves it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brett showed me a picture of it. That is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, he's made a couple of them now. We put them up on a platform, and he's in there, and Again, with five acres, it almost feels like we're sometimes sitting on top of each other. Yeah. But um, we, we make do with what we have. That's all we yeah. can. Yeah. So. You, you've said a couple of times it's just five acres, and I think you mentioned earlier you, you, you think it's more of a travel corridor uh, compared to maybe being a, a bedding or something like that. What have you noticed over the years where it's like, they flip a switch, it's like, I got to be there because I know they're going to be in this – particular area at a particular time of the year yeah so uh we actually mostly throughout the year we only see does we don't really see bucks that often which hey i'll take does to bring those bucks in when when the time's right and so what we do a lot of times is is just the weather cold fronts we hunt the heck out of cold fronts and you know the last three four years we've killed our deer on cold fronts coming in nice Um, just so because you've again, learned something and that's what like man it's amazing how like every year you pick up something new yep. and you've I, learned it i've tried it all i had the hunt wise app looking at the moon phases and all that stuff and all this and and you know what i think it comes down to the weather mostly for us the cold they're gonna move when it's cold and that's what we've really noticed is is the cold and unless during the main rut this this past year I forget what day it was. I was up in that blind, and I think there was like 50, 60 mile an hour winds. It was nuts, and they, that was the most movement I've ever seen. No I never kidding. imagined it. It was raining. Really? The wind was blowing. I was actually scared in my blind. I almost got down and hunted on the ground. <laughs> there were so many deer running around. It was like, it was like just everywhere. Everywhere you look, they were just running every which direction. I was texting my dad be ready and then I'm like, be ready for this way and be ready that way so it was wow. fun, to, fun to experience that and you know yeah. i didn't get anything that day but just seeing that was awesome oh yeah it must be a shelby county thing because what was it 2020 ryan killed that 156 inch eight pointer and it was hurricane force winds and he killed it along the river it'd be more like the northeast uh section of shelby county but I, I told him. I, I said, I'm not going out there. 60, 70 mile an hour wind. I'm staying in bed. You know what I mean? And he I kills think, a giant. <laughs> I think it just makes them nervous. So it, they it, get up and move. What, what I've always understood, and again, I, I'm, I'm no expert by far, neither is my dad or anything like that, but I've always was under impression that if it's windy, they can't hear. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't want to move when they can't hear because they don't know what's going on. So honestly, I wasn't expecting much that day. Yeah. And I almost hung it up because it started raining and sleeting and everything i mean it was the worst weather imaginable so what you're saying if it wasn't raining you were getting down because uh, actually <laughs> it was the wind that was scaring the hell out of me <laughs> um, yeah but the rain was gonna keep you in the hut so you stayed dry <laughs> yeah 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 
And that is the nice thing. Again, I, I feel a little spoiled, but having that hut, I, I only have so many days to hunt. Yeah. Um, with my job, with my kids and everything, I, I want to be out there. And uh, mm-hmm. again, it's not always about shooting the deer or anything. It's just being out there with your thoughts and all that good stuff. For sure. Yeah. So, you, we've talked, me and you've talked in, uh, a few times on Facebook about uh, food plots. So what exactly, I've seen the video of uh, Blaine shooting the one deer out of the food plot and stuff like that. What exactly are you planning in that food plot? Honestly, we're trying everything. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we're in Indiana, so we got ag fields everywhere. Yep. Um, We've tried. We first started out with Baraska thinking, hey, let's give them some greens and things like that. Stuff that's different than what's in the fields. A little bit of luck there. That's actually the one that you saw the Blaine Buck video. Mm -hmm. Shooting his, that one was that food plot that year. We've tried some clover, some oats. Um, we're really just kind of throwing what's out there and see what sticks kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, we even tried planting a couple food plot trees, unfortunately with, uh, the drought and everything that didn't make it. I, I would have loved to have something established oh, yeah. there. That would have been pretty cool, but yeah, um, we're just trying, kept... trying whatever. And again, and I know it sounds a little cheesy, just going out there and working the food plot, just that, having fun. That's, that's what I was going to say, that's Tyler. Our, that's our gym. That's yeah, you, you remind me how I do a food plot. Like, I don't know. I'm going to try it and just go have fun. Yeah. I don't take it serious enough to see, like, well, I should be using this next year. No, I'm just yeah. like, hey, let's, this looks good. Let's try this and just right. go have fun with it. That first year that Baraska came up, and it, it was almost waist high. It was huge. We had meats <laughs> and everything almost the size of softballs, if not bigger. Wow. And I felt like it did nothing. I yeah. felt like it did nothing. And I just yep. couldn't believe it. And it feels a little bit like a waste. But then again, it's like, you know, we're just, we're trying stuff. We're getting yep. out there, having fun, taking the kids out. So oh, yeah. That's really what it was about. But it, it's one of those where you, we're, we're going out and having fun. And if we can get some benefit from it, from the deer, hey, that's all. Yep, absolutely. I feel like a lot of people, that's kind of their mindset when it comes to a food plot. Don't get me wrong. There's some people out there, it's got to be a certain way. Take it serious. To take it serious, <laughs> maybe. But the, a lot of the times that I've been a part of, it's like, Hey, let's try this out and see if it works kind of thing. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. That's part of it. I mean, we don't have, I mean, I I think I would, I would change how I do it if I had the equipment to do it. Right. What we're doing is weed killer. Throw and grow. And I mean, I've, I've raked it. I've bought it. Well, used a realtor and did it like a little section myself, but, uh, and if I had the equipment to really do it, I think I'd take it more serious and put stuff out there. It'd be so much easier to just jump on a tractor and do it. But I don't have that. So yeah. when you're doing it, you can't get too serious because you'll be pissed off that you're only doing a little <laughs> 40 by 40 section. <laughs> you know? We've invested a little bit into it. Um, really, all we've been doing is just go out there and mow it. We were out there this past weekend with literally just an old junk push mower. Yeah. Weed eaters. And then we went out a couple of days and just sprayed some Roundup. And then uh, we yep. then we don't even know if it's going to work. We're trying it. Hey, what the heck? We got a off of Facebook Marketplace. We got one of those uh, ATV little disc things on the yeah, back. Yeah. Hey, I may have been bidding on that one. Did you take that from me? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going we're gonna to try that out this year, see if it works. I bet it'll work. I bet it'll have some luck, man. Because the best time I've ever had luck is uh, – I, I grabbed an old fence line and I put some weight on it and I drug it by hand over it, the dirt just to get the seed in the ground and it grew better than I've ever had anything. So I guarantee that thing will do some work for you. Yeah, Even if it just loosens up the soil a little bit and yep. then maybe we come in with my dad's four-wheeler and just put a roller on it just to get that seed yeah. in a little bit. I bet it'll do the job for you. Yeah. Like I said, who knows? Might not even do anything. But <laughs> Damn it, it, it. It'll look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll look real good. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, you probably don't even want me to mention this the way you talked about it earlier, but you're not exactly using a compound bow. You've talked about it before, too. You're using a crossbow because of an injury you had? Yeah, so actually it, it's partially injury, partial just timing of life. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, we were mainly gun hunters. I, I got my first shotgun. I think it was a 20-gauge. I still have it in the, in the gun safe behind me. Sweet. I hunted with it forever. And my dad and my brother really didn't get into actual bow hunting and like shortly after I left for Purdue. So they had four years there where they were doing hunting or bow hunting before the crossbow law came in. Mm-hmm. Then once I uh, 
graduated from Purdue, started coming back. I got my new job, and this is sad to say, and I still don't know what the hell happened, but my company, <laughs> my company had a picnic where um, we're, we're a pretty large engineering company, and they rented out Victory Field, nice. and we could take we could take batting practice. And my wife is down there with me. This is before we had kids and everything, but, of course, like the big boys, they use wooden bats, and I don't uh, know what the hell I did. I hit something, and I, t- I think I tore a tendon in my left thumb. It's kind of in my thumb slash my palm, and I've tried to pull back a bow, and it, it absolutely hurts. I can't even hold. There's times where if I just hold things, like if I try to grab onto plywood or sheets of drywall or something, just doing this with that thumb, it just kills me. Or even driving home from work today, just hold, hold my steering wheel. Yeah. I just hold my thumb a certain way. It just really kills me, but... It's partially that. I mean, I'm not going to try to sound like it's all that. But no, no. And, and I, we wouldn't say anything with you no, 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 crossbow. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know more about hell. I might buy one. I, I got a, I got a crossbow buck on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was partially that, and partially um, bow hunting is expensive. I mean, you guys know that. Uh, yeah, trust bow, me. Especially if you're Brett. <laughs> then you got to get the release. Then you got to get this. Then you got to get that, and that, and that. And versus a crossbow, where a crossbow, you kind of, you're ready. You're damn near yeah. ready as soon as you get it. Yep, comes with the sights and, on it. Yeah, yep. you're, you're almost good to go. Um, I will say, of course, that it does have its, it's a lot easier in some cases versus a regular bow. But I will say bow or crossbow hunting, which I call bow hunting as well. Totally different than gun. I don't, I don't think, people, some people are out there saying, oh, crossbow. Yeah. yeah is a gun and it's like nah, i don't know it's still, still got cams and a string on it <laughs> hey i i always say you try moving an umbrella around like those things are big they ain't like a gun no that's no. extra movement yeah especially with the rifle law and everything i mean i have a i have a rifle that i have now that uh it's 6.5 creed more and mm-hmm. i have some buddies that do long range shooting and i mean i can hit a thousand or 800 yards all day on a target there's no way in hell i'm doing that with uh during deer, deer season but a bow like oh my gosh bow, you're shooting 40 yards maybe 50 max if you're comfortable mm-hmm. now there's times where i stretch it out in my dad's backyard i've got it out to like 60 or 70 just for shits and giggles but there's no way i'm doing that it's just more just see what this thing can do just to have fun. yeah yep for um, sure really my longest shot with a bow that i would really take is maybe 40 45 yards if that with a crossbow, yeah. Yeah, with my crossbow, yeah. Yep. Nope. Uh, hey, I tell, I, I've hunted with them. I've killed a, a couple does. I've uh, my boys have all killed deer with them. Um, I got a buck on the wall with one. Yeah. I I, I enjoy it. They're fun. It, they they are fun. I I first I remember when that kid wall came out, I was pissed because now all these gun hunters are gonna become blow hunters and these damn city slickers and <laughs> but i ended up being one of those guys that, that used it a few times and, and enjoyed it and uh i tell you you ask a guy that misses a 180 with a bows i bet with a bow i bet he'll tell you damn i wish i had a crossbow yeah yeah and it, it kind of eats me up because i would love to have a deer with everything that i could a compound bow crossbow yeah i got muzzle loader i got my rifle i've done my shotguns a little four tens a you name it, I'd, I'd like to shoot them with as much as I could, but just because of everything that's kind of happened, I, I just, I'm just yep. comfortable with it. Oh, and I sure. think really it all comes down to just the most ethical, humane shot that you can. That's what that's what yeah. we should all really be worried about. So. Yep, true. For sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with this. I've been asking people a lot on um, the, the past podcast here recently, but what is your dream hunt that you could go on? If you could pick anything you could go on, what would you do? Oh, I was, I've been listening to your podcast. I knew this one was coming. <laughs> uh, um, oh, man, it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. I Honestly, I haven't done much hunting outside of Indiana or anything. Um mainly just the family hunting. I would love to go out to Colorado with the elk and hear that bugle. Yeah. Um, my uncle lives out in Black Forest, just right outside of Colorado Springs, and he, he always keeps telling me, hey, come out and hunt. And it's like, man, I got three kids. <laughs> I can't yeah, right. go. Um, I would love to do that or may, maybe like a moose hunt or something like that. But but honestly, the, the one thing I, I can't wait for is just get out there with the kids, get them yeah. 
get them when they're actually hunting. Um, I know there's different shows out there, and some people feel different ways than different people, but there's this one episode of uh, McMillan's hunting show where yep. he takes his son, I think his name Gatlin, he yeah. takes him out and he shoots his deer for the first time. And just hearing that, oh, it gets me. gets me every oh. time. I so got that, a, that, I, I got I a couple videos to show you then. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it's like you killing a one eighties when they when you experience that. Like it is, it's unreal. I got my middle boy uh, on video finding his buck. He killed a one thirties, and he didn't realize I didn't realize it was that big either. <laughs> and it was his first sneaking deer. And uh, <laughs> but I had it, had it on video because I seen it like laying dead before he did. So I videoed him following the blood up to it. And it was pretty cool. So I still have that on memory. On my, it was just through my phone. Then uh, we, me and Brett, kind of videoed. Uh, my my youngest killed a doe. What was it two years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get it on camera, but uh, got we, we got the recovery and the reaction of it because we waited till Brett got there to bring the camera and stuff. And it was pretty cool because he's a city slicker. My youngest is, <laughs> and it, it was pretty cool to get his experience and, and reaction on it too. So yeah, those are some cool stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing from you about. And then the to follow it up with Caden killing a turkey on film this yeah. year, which hasn't been released yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get to <laughs> we'll that get at some that. point. Then my oldest killed his first one too, and it, I did. I had a new camera, and I wasn't good. I didn't have it focused, but uh, we got a little bit of it on camera and some pictures of him killing his first one too this year. So it, it's some memories, and uh, I'm excited to hear from you when you experience them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one thing to make those memories, but when you have people to share it with, that's what that's what's awesome. Yep, for sure. All right, buddy, I appreciate you coming on with us. It's been a blast to catch up with you and talk some hunting with you, man. Tell yeah. everybody where they uh, where they can find you and your uh, your YouTube and all that social media stuff. Put some plugs uh, out there. <laughs> honestly, you probably don't. I don't really have much on there. It's just my name, Tyler Comstock. It's just my personal page. I just uh, It's really just things I put on there, like I said, to share with family. I got family kind of across the country and things. And yeah. I shoot a quick link and uh, – uh, I don't really have much to share, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you will in these coming years. Oh, for sure, it's fun. It's fun. I like I said, I like watching things just as much as I like being out there and, and learning from everybody. That's the key. Learning. Yeah, right. awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. I appreciate everybody for listening. If you're in podcast land, and uh, everybody watching, if you're on the YouTube, but. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week with episode 64. Go check out Tyler and his uh, YouTube stuff, and uh, we'll see you back here again next week. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody.